for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at TNTradio.live. Kate Shemarani on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Well, here we are at the top of the next hour, and I'm so glad you joined us because we know what's going on in the world. It is it is well they want us to believe that the world's a horrible place but of course it's not it's a beautiful place a lot of what you're seeing going on around the world we we can't stop and they want us looking at that you know the whole post office scandal why do you think they're rolling it out now and everything that you see going round and round i had a quick look at the press today the daily fail newspaper and it's either celebrities footballers having babies with somebody else and his wife's kicked him out no one cares i couldn't give a rat's ass what you're doing I only focus on what I can do. And just going back to our earlier guest, first of all, I got the day wrong, but who cares? I'm fabulous. I am Kate Shamarani, natural nurse in a toxic world. And you're listening to me on TNT. Don't forget, folks, do email me, kateshamarani at tntradio.live with your medical crimes in tyrannical times. Or if you just want to tell me about the warts that you've got in strange places, I don't care. Bring it all in. Nothing shocks me. But look, we had our first guest on, Dr. Ely, and, you know, he was telling us about that World Health Organization target. He's correct. I just want to ask, Kate Middleton, why were you wearing that laurel wreath on your head when they crowned that bloke? It's not my king. My king's Jesus Christ, our Lord. And what about that other woman, Penny Mordor, or whatever her name was, who they then showed her in the press later in the knickers? And we were all supposed to say, isn't she fabulous? Well, I actually thought that she possibly might need some little bit of diet advice. But that's just me, because, you know, I'm fattest. Because the fatter your backside gets, the smaller your brain gets. That's a fact. Look, talking about what's in the press today, first of all, nursing homes, Uh, another family have put hidden cameras in and seen their loved one abused by care home staff. I just want to throw in that we have got, what was it, 120 new care home workers from overseas and their 140,000 dependents. Not that it was them that were doing it. I'm just saying. But this is the tip of the iceberg. I trained as a nurse in 84. I saw a lot of abuse. I became a whistleblower. Do you think that that's the only case of it? No, they're they're just the ones that got caught. It happens everywhere all the time. And just to throw a bit of support for Muslims as well, while everyone's shouting them down, you don't see many Muslims in care homes, elderly Muslims. Do you know why? Because they take care of their elderly. And that's my point. There's three points on my Twitter. First of all, We should be taking care of our own bodies so we don't get dementia because it's totally avoidable, totally avoidable. Uh, But they don't want you to know that, those people that sell you that poison called pharmacia. Second thing is um, you've got untrained, unskilled, um, unsupervised staff. Unfortunately, there are some rotters among us who will be very cruel. And, And that has been shown all through history. And uh, we don't have enough sentences. You know, I'd, I'd jail them all. Uh, that's what we used to have Tyburn for. Um, you know, jail them all for a long, long time and let it sit as a precedent, as a good deterrent, instead of, you know, banning them for, you know, banning them from working in a care home and a suspended sentence. Chain gang jail them. Make them work for their tea and cake. But that's just my belief. Anyway, the next thing that we're seeing civil service oh you've got to laugh haven't you not only do they want us to identify blokes who say that they're women 
they want us to think that they're women. Well, I'm sat here on my biological vagina. And if it's if it's got a penis or had a penis and testicles, it's male. And me, vagina, cervix, womb, if I've still got it. Yes, sometimes you have to have them removed. Of course, I've my uh, I had a double mastectomy and reconstruction for cancer because I abused my body. Um, but I'm still a biological woman. So you're not going to tell me what I can think. I don't want to work for the civil service anyway. But really, that they're telling you now you've got to think. Next, they'll be telling you, you know, when you can go to the toilet and what sort of feces you need to pass. Anyway, they tell you, actually, I got told uh, another letter through the post and every single letter that comes from the National Homicide Service, uh, they get 150 quid per letter. Well, you think how many people in the UK are getting this letter telling us, do your bowel screening, get a little bit of your feces and send it off and we'll go looking for disease. Trust me, if you've got disease, your fantastic body that the Lord gave you to drive around in and appreciate this world is going to tell you. You just need to look for the signs. Uh, I did I did uh, hear in the break that cancer in adolescence is on the rise. Do not be distracted, folks, that it's just the devil's soup bio weapon, because it's not. It's not that. It's when you're eating food that isn't nutrient dense and it's covered in pesticides, herbicides, fungicides. One of them, Roundup Ready, you're seeing a huge increase in lymphomas in the young and the adolescents from Roundup Ready. Now, for all you mothers out there and fathers trying to save your kids, I'm with you because you all know what's going on in my household with my number one daughter and what we're trying to do for her. Also, what they're putting on their skin, all these toxic perfumes, toxic makeup. And fellas, if you're snogging her, 40%, 60% of the lipsticks on, on the US market are full of lead, which is a neurotoxin, goes to your brain. Don't, don't worry about your blood-brain barrier keeping it back. You've got your Wi-Fi on because you can't sleep without it. You might miss a phone call. 2.45 to 5.8 gigahertz is going to open your blood-brain barrier. It's going to make sure all that garbage is floating right up to your brain, along with the aluminium and the mercury. And causing inflammation. So all of these things, buy her clean makeup, get these toxic candles out of your home, get some plants in there that clean the air. When you go to bed at night, open a window, just put a sweater on, put socks on. Honestly, I say to my friend, if I die in my sleep, please come around and strip me because I look like a homeless person wearing my entire wardrobe. You need to have fresh air because you detox at night, your body's natural anti-inflammatories switch off from about tea time. That's why when you've got a cold or a cough or you're sick, you start to feel worse. And then by 1 a.m., that's when patients typically with disease will wake up in pain, vomiting, diarrhea, because their body has got none of that cortisol and it's trying to clean. Your brain cleans at night. Well, that gets me just to say, folks, if you see your stupid neighbours using Monsanto Roundup Ready, they're still selling it in the supermarkets. Tell your neighbour, because if you're downhill, it's coming in the water table down to your greenhouse, down to your growing beds. Tell them. I tell mine. They don't talk to me anymore anyway. Well, they sort of say hello if they have to. They generally look away. What do I care? They're not paying my mortgage. Ultimately, the race is only with yourself. So... That takes me on to my guest, because years ago when my children were young, I was in Sussex Station as after being at ballet and, a, and a, a book caught my eye, How to Quit Without Feeling. I think it's meant to say shit, but we can't say that because it's rude. How to Quit Without Feeling, S-H-I-T. 
Patrick Holford. And then before I knew it, I couldn't believe it. I was I was tucking into all his books and I couldn't get enough of them. The feel-good factor, I was feeling this bloke. And then when I got cancer, I already had his book. And I went on one of the rallies one day and these people came up to me, the rallies where I was in my pink scrubs. They said, can you come and have a picture taken with Patrick? I thought it was just another bloke. I was out with my scrubs. My, and I went, Patrick, Patrick who? And they went, Patrick Holford. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. I had starstruck right then. He doesn't remember me, I'm sure, but I did say, I'm all your books. That made me feed my children properly. That was my baptism into nutrition and realizing that as a nurse, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. That training I discounted long ago. I was just pimping for pharma. Anyway, Patrick, welcome to KHMRI show on TNT Radio. Great to be on your show. Yes, I do remember you on the rally. Absolutely. Do you just remember me because I'm gorgeous? Look, you've got to listen. Don't be telling people that I'm, you know, I'm ego driven. No, I'm created in the Lord's image. So if I don't say I'm fabulous and gorgeous, that means I'm insulting the Lord. Well, actually, Patrick, do you know what I love about you? You're not a doctor, which is fantastic. You're you're an expert and you are an expert on nutrition and mental health. Founder of the Institute for Optimum Nutrition and the Charitable Food for the Brain Foundation. And you direct their Alzheimer's Prevention Project. So let's get on to that because I've got loads of books behind me. I was reading one study that <clears throat> if you took the flu shot, this was written by a leading immunologist. If you took the flu shot every year for five years, you had a 90, I think it was 96 or 97% increased chance of getting Alzheimer's. As soon as he published that paper, that was the end of his career. <laughs> so well, yeah, is- I mean, Let's talk a little bit about Alzheimer's. I I tell you just a brief bit of background because I'm a psychologist originally and I was studying schizophrenia and I came across this extraordinary... I've got to say my joke. I'm a schizophrenic and so am I. Who said that? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I was studying studying schizophrenia um, and uh, we knew the drugs didn't work and I came across this, which turned out to be the first ever double-blind randomized controlled trial on high-dose B vitamins by the uh, the head of psychiatric research in Canada. It was absolutely brilliant. I jumped mm. on a plane, went to meet him, Dr. Abram Hoffer. Uh, and I said, how many people have you treated? He said, 3,000. I said, what's your success wow. rate? He said, 85% cure. I said, I've never seen a cured schizophrenic. What's your definition of cure? He said, free of symptoms, able to socialize with family and friends and paying income tax. Now, I'd never seen that. And um, Anyway, I became his student, and some years later, a man came up from California with his son to be treated, and the son got better. The man bought 50 copies of Dr. Abram Hoffer's book, went back to Carmel, California, gave one to every doctor in the county. One of the doctors had invited to tea a very interesting man called Dr. Linus Pauling, twice Nobel Prize winner, mm. 40 PhDs. He was working with Albert Einstein, uh, sort of just left field of the Oppenheimer film. If you haven't seen it, it's quite extraordinary. Uh, uh, and he actually got his second Nobel Prize for the banning of uh, nuclear bomb testing globally. And absolute genius. And I got involved with these two people. And I, I started to realize this is in the very early 80s that the diseases we have, like cancer and heart disease and diabetes, also Alzheimer's, are a function of, of suboptimum nutrition. Like you say, the human body is incredibly intelligent. And if we just create the right environment for it to function, 
which includes not being you know bombed with too much uh, radiation from phones and all the rest of it clean water good food and uh, you know good love and socialization and good thoughts and so on you, you won't get sick um, so that's sort of my background and then I got very interested in Alzheimer's um, actually for for a, a reason, people say, "Do you have a relative with Alzheimer's?" And at the time, I said, "No, my my uh, my um, wife's father, my father-in-law, does now, and it's terrible to watch." But basically, healthcare is about prevention. It has to be about prevention. But nobody thinks about prevention until they get something. You know, they get cancer, they get diabetes, and then they have a wake-up call. But the thing about Alzheimer's, which, by the way, is two-thirds of dementia and is diagnosed with a brain scan that shows you've got holes in your brain, those holes aren't coming back. So here you've got this terrible condition that's affecting millions, that is the biggest fear, the biggest healthcare cost, and almost the biggest killer in many countries. And, you know, what do you do? So the focus on prevention is really, really big. The next thing, which I'll say, and all of these are just well-established facts, nobody would disagree with this who knows the science of Alzheimer's, uh, less than 1% of Alzheimer's is caused by genes. So there are actually two genes, presenilin and the AP gene, which if you inherit in your family, you will have a very high rate of early onset Alzheimer's in the like 50s, 60s. But that's Can like, I just say, Patrick, though, genes, because they're all about genes now. They want us to be deceived. Genes, yes. even if you've got a gene, it doesn't mean that it's going to be upregulated. You can your genes are expressed oh. by our diet and environment, right? Well, you're sort of right. And those are genes that are not causative genes, but if you like predictive genes, like the BRCA gene you think in cancer, mm -hmm. turned off and turned on. But there are some genes which don't work quite like that. So they, they do sort of confer more of an effect. Um, there is actually even some interesting work on people who have this you know, very, very rare Alzheimer's-related gene. We're not talking about APOE4, which many people will have heard of, which 20% of people have. That absolutely is a gene that you can down-regulate with the right diet and all the rest of it. But the point is, you know, without splitting hairs, we've got, you know, less than 1% uh, is potentially caused by genes, which means that more than 90% is potentially preventable. And we're around that 80 to 90% preventable. And the thing about Alzheimer's, which is sort of so interesting, and, and I'll, I'll sort of back up a, a tiny bit here. Some of you, if you're older, will remember a genius physicist called Fritjof Capra, uh, who started looking at the world in a systems-based way. And I was playing tennis with him when I was 14, and he wrote the book called The Tao of Physics. And he said to me, Patrick, what's the difference between an animate and an inanimate object? You and a bicycle. And he said, a bicycle's got bits, it's got parts, the parts relate you know, change a wheel and so on. Uh, but an animate object has this life flowing through it. So right now we've got about 30 known risk factors for Alzheimer's from cataracts to hearing loss, to lack of omega-3, to head injury, to too much sugar, um, too much stress and so on. And if you understand that you've got the structure of the brain, um, the function of the brain, so things like sugar, fuel, antioxidants, blood supply, etc., that's part of function. And then you've got the utilization of it. And if you can't see and you can't hear and you're lonely, you don't have a social life and you watch crap telly and so on, that's affecting the utilization of the brain. As soon as you realize that systems-based approach, you understand everything that's driving Alzheimer's. 
And for that very reason, there never will be a drug that works. I mean, there never will be a drug that works because there isn't a single place. You know, it doesn't work like that. What you've got to do is change your diet and lifestyle. Fantastic. Well, you know, you're hearing it here. And what we see in the national homicide in the care homes of people with uh, dementia is, is the chairs all around the edge and the people just sat there. No stimulation. It hasn't changed. But anyway, you lot aren't mental because you're listening to me, Kate Shamarani for TNT. I will be back in two ticks. So go do your pee, get your drink and don't miss this brain saving info. TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. The double standard is out there. It's so obvious. It's so frustrating. Eric Holder gets held in contempt of Congress for defying a congressional subpoena. Nothing happens. Obama's DOJ didn't pursue it. Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro defy a congressional subpoena. Joe Biden's DOJ criminally prosecutes them. Criminally prosecutes them for defying a congressional subpoena. And now we've got congressional subpoenas of Hunter Biden and James Biden, the resident's brother. And guess what? Nothing's going to be done by Merrick Garland, Barack Obama, Joe Biden's DOJ. That's right. I said Barack Obama. Obama's the shadow president, but he's not the one pulling the strings. He wasn't pulling the strings in his own administration. You know, Valerie Jarrett was his minder. Where is the Iranian-born Valerie Jarrett these days? Haven't seen or heard much of her. It's because the Democrats are smart. Timothy Shea on today's News Talk TNT Radio. The light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk Today's News Talk Radio. Now we're talking... TNT. I'm Kate Shimarani, natural nurse in a toxic world for TNT. And I have a wonderful guest today, Patrick Holford. And what we're talking about is your brain. And sadly, people younger and younger and younger are being diagnosed with dementia and Alzheimer's. And if you think that there's going to be much help for you in the national homicide in the UK, I can tell you right now, the new guideline 29.5, if you pitch up with breathing problems, they're going to stick a pulse oximeter on your finger. That's how they're going to diagnose you with COVID. And if your clinical frailty score five, that means you could dig a hole in your garden to put a plant in, but you couldn't dig your grave. You might have just had a, a diagnosis of dementia, but you're still holding down a full-time job. That means that you could effectively have the doctor decide to remove all of your food, water and essential medication and you'd be put on end-of-life care, which is large doses of benzodiazepines and opioids. Am I lying? No. Please do do your due diligence. The Lansley Review of 2011, page 64, Andrew Lansley, it states, page 64, they're going to be broadening, that means putting more people on it and incentivizing, that's cash for corpses, how many people are going to be placed on end of life care. Scroll down the box, you'll get to the 65 plus and you will see that the death rate by 2031 exponentially climbs in that demographic. One would think or one could be forgiven for hypothesizing that with all of the COVID shots, shingles shot, pneumonia shot and flu booster, that they are going into these care homes or everywhere else and giving them to these poor unsuspecting old buggers and the ones without capacity. 
that they would be living longer. They're not. They're getting all the money for the shots, which further compound that toxicity in the brain because they've got chemicals in them that go through to the brain and cause inflammation. And then they're collecting the money. This is all fact. It's horrible. And I know you don't want to hear it, but you are in the natural nurse army now. So you get it all. And just remember, you are students because as Dr. Healy said, patient means to suffer and endure. So you're not patients. You're not a patient in hospital. You are students and you need to learn how to look after your body. So we're talking to Patrick Holford today and he's absolutely incredible. He knows it all. So off back to you, Patrick, go for it. Let's tell us how can we protect our brains? Well, first of all, I want to sort of kind of give you the good news and explain what I've been doing for the last few years. About 10 years ago, we started a campaign called Alzheimer's is Preventable. And at the time, people thought we were crazy. But now every week you're reading about eating blueberries, doing it, you know, something that makes a difference. So there is a if you are suspected to have dementia or problems, you're sent to a memory clinic and they run a proper cognitive function test. Now, our charity, foodforthebraingot.org, uh, foodforthebrain.org got permission to digitize the proper cognitive function test, which can actually pick up subtle changes 40 years <clears throat> before a diagnosis. So we set off on a mission to get people over 50, maybe over 40 to do the test. And as of today, we've done 423,000 people, right? So that's- Wow, like a, a I'm really coming. Hard, yeah, a really hard yardstick and it's free. And it takes 15 minutes, not questionnaire. It's quite challenging. It's quite an interesting test. Now, then when you finished the, the test, you're on, you, you fill in a questionnaire. It's called the Dementia Risk Index Questionnaire. And every single thing in that is something that you can change. And if you're doing everything wrong uh, in your diet and lifestyle, you would score 100% on your risk. And if you're doing everything right, you would score 0%. So in other words, it's in your control. And then, and all of this is free, it then shows you exactly what is driving your risk. And it's not the same for everyone. And what we're now doing is we're following um, these hundreds of thousands of people as they make changes. And actually the ones that make no changes are also important because we can see what happens to cognitive function um, as like you progress. A like a control group. Absolutely, but it's a control group of, of hundreds of thousands and we hope millions. And I want to address that just for a minute because I'll give you an example here. Uh, these new anti-amyloid injections that they're trying to flog us with names that usually end in MAB, Adonimab, and, and Adunacanumab, and so on. Uh, the, the last one, uh, this is injections once a month into people with uh, early stage Alzheimer's or pre-dementia. Um, the last two trials have killed five people, you know, and no one seems to make a, a, a nod about that. They, they don't care. They just killed millions with the COVID bioweapon. Yeah, yeah. Even my neighbors and don't then, care. And then a third get brain bleeding or swelling. Um, and in the last study, the whole brain shrinkage um, in the drug group versus the placebo group was 20% more. Now, we did a study, or rather my colleagues, because I've got so many brilliant professors working with me at Oxford University, and they did a study giving B vitamins to lower something called homocysteine. It's a lot about, mm -hmm. well, because a lot of people malabsorb B12 and have to supplement it. So if you're in the mindset, you can get everything you need from a, from a well-balanced diet. I'm sorry, you're really not looking at the science. Well, also, so, our food now isn't as nutrient-dense as what it used to be. And that's why everyone needs to well, start growing their it, own. It, 
it's part of the problem but but very specifically there's this thing called homocysteine which you can test on a blood test and we've just finished proving a very simple pinprick method for this so at feverthebrain.org you can actually get your homocysteine level about about half of people over 60 have a raised level if you have a raised level you need a lot more b12 the rda is two microgram i call it the ridiculous dietary arbitrary but the amount used in this study was 500 microgram it's dirt cheap it's completely safe and they got 53 percent less brain shrinkage and in the group um, that had higher omega-3 because actually to build your brain you actually have to bind omega-3 in to the membrane and that requires b vitamins so the group with enough omega-3 given the b vitamins had 73 percent less brain shrinkage versus 20 percent more brain shrinkage of the drugs and a one and a half times better clinical effect measured in exactly the same way so and it's 10 p a day and the other one is 50 grand uh so this is pure science published in the best journals absolutely compared 10 and I remember pence a day 10 pence a day don't be whining that you can't afford it folks because if you've got a mobile phone sky tv car i've seen you all shut up moaning 10p a day is about prioritizing if your well, brain's small you're a dinosaur we had a guy we had a guy called alan and uh, he was diagnosed in december with mixed dementia which means alzheimer's and vascular and his wife dorothy said what do we do and they said nothing maybe join a drug trial and uh, she got on on the web and she found foodforthebrain.org and they did the test together obviously she was helping him and um you know he did some things like he took an omega-3 but he didn't he didn't know they don't work without the b vitamins uh so he did that he went to, to bed earlier to get more sleep he's actually joined a morris dancing group now more physical activity balance and so on and um he he was he he was being found in different rooms at night because he couldn't find the loo in his own house he couldn't turn his computer on or off his boyfriends like that <laughs> <laughs> sorry and, he, and and now he's planted his whole garden wow and, in, and he's back on the computer i've had some lovely conversations with him funny enough when we went public with this story uh in in print uh, we got all this hate mail saying it's a scam and i realized people didn't believe it uh so uh we did a little zoom and you know the the man said exactly live what he had said so people do not realize the the power of putting the right pieces together and at foodforthebrain.org we're really helping people um to do exactly that but it really takes me back to see that lovely man abram hoffer who cured 6,000 schizophrenics before he died. Uh, two weeks before his death at 93, he stopped seeing patients. Four days before his death, he said, I'm not feeling very well. And two days before he checked into a local hospital, died not in pain, without any medication, with a very fulfilled life. Linus Pauling, I filmed at the age of 93, amazing discovery. Uh, last week, I was filming a professor in London who has finally worked out uh, Michael Crawford, how we see how the photons are I turn into precise image using quantum physics, 93. You do not need to lose your marbles at any age. Your legs might get weaker. You know, some organ or other is going to pack up at some point, but you really don't need to lose your mind. And the last time I filmed Linus Pauling, the twice Nobel Prize winner before he died, he looked me in the eye. It felt like a command. And he said, Patrick, just follow the logic. It's the logic that counts. And of course, if you follow the money, you know, it's light or dark. 
if you see what I mean. Uh, the money yeah, will show absolutely. you how the system is corrupt. The logic will show you where to go. So if I take this amazing man, Professor David Smith, who was vice dean of Oxford University Medical School, who's done, uh, I mean, Nobel Prize level work on homocysteine, B vitamins and Alzheimer's. And, and you talk to him, he has a sort of slightly kind of um, despondent, depressed tone, because these scientists thought that their work the humanitarian work would actually have an effect that it would go into uh, the National Homicide Service, uh, you know, it would go into the system and it hasn't. So what we're doing at Food for the Brain, which is so interesting, uh, reaching hundreds of thousands and soon millions of people is what we call citizen science. The purpose of research is to get to people um, so people can make changes. And we're going to cut out the middleman, do the research for the people. Amazingly, uh, what we're doing is funded by our friends of the charity give 50 quid a year. It's research for the people, done by the people, funded by the people, shared with the people. Uh, no one can get in the way, corporations, pharma, or anything else. Of course, we'll publish in journals, as we have done on COVID and vitamin C and all sorts of other things. Uh, we will, you know, the science is impeccable, but we're going to sort of cut out the middleman, stop pretending uh, that one day the, the medical system is going to wake up or the National Health Service is going to wake up. They may, but it will be many, many years after we've already proven that it works. So they may catch up, but they're certainly not going to lead. Um, our human bodies are phenomenal. I've seen so many incredible transformations in people. Uh, our health is totally uh, in our control. There's nothing you really need to suffer from. Uh, if you study it properly and you take charge and you realize how amazing this body is, but nutrition is vital. Uh, you, you can't on the one hand, you know, love nature and love God and love everything else and hate your body to the extent that you're going to put junk into it. Uh, the only thing we arrive with is consciousness and our body. So treat your body with respect. Oh, I agree with all of that. And for people who say, I went to a healing church once and I got banned. I only went once. They were serving Quality Street and celebrations and tea with white sugar and white milk. And it was supposed to be healing church, uh, which I just found a complete dichotomy. But anyway, uh, I got banned because I pointed some things out. I was asked not to come back. Um, <clears throat> my point being is, the, the whole reason of prayer is in prayer, when you switch your idiot's lantern tellies off or your second umbilical cord, your mobile phones, you're going to hear that inner voice guiding you to what you should go to, the right foods. And you'll start to feel how good you feel with it. And, you know, the whole sugar thing, you have to see sugar as crack cocaine. It's more addictive than crack cocaine. Why do they put it in everything? And Patrick, what's interesting is, Mental illness, um, black box warnings on all those drugs anyway, but the, the whole psychiatry industry, because it is an industry, makes so much money in drugs. So these, these people, young and old, pitch up at the doctors. And I've seen these doctors, and, and everyone's listened to me on here. That's why you're all health and truth seekers. And that's why it's not going to come nigh thee. Um, I've seen, you know, I'm not going to go to a dentist with black teeth. So I'm not going to a doctor that's sitting there fat or listening to a nurse that's fat. Um, but the point is they're not offering them any information because they're not even trained in it. They're only trained in recognizing a symptom, applying a pharmaceutical drug, and then monitoring and more drugs for the side effects. So I think this is absolutely incredible what you're doing. Do you think that they'll come after you? 
Do you think that, that you know, you'll be jogging along the river one day and you happen to fall in, drowned, but manage to drag yourself out and be found on the <laughs> riverbank like the other hundreds and hundreds of doctors, all the two bullet holes to your head because you shot yourself twice. Um, what do you, I'm just I don't, asking I don't, that. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I have been burgled, followed, vilified. Uh, you know, I've had, a, I've had a lot at different times in my career, but I don't think so um, anymore. And what I found really amazingly encouraging is that we've now got a team of, uh, of 12 professors from all over the world. Uh, I mean, the best guy in China, the, the best in the States and so on. And uh, they're joining our charity uh, uh, and for nothing, uh, because they know that the only way to deal with Alzheimer's um, is and dementia is prevention. The other day I was at a, a, a conference with all the leading charities and all the leading people. And I had this sort of out of body experience because they were all telling very laudable stories about relatives, you know, who'd suffered and that's why they were involved and we need more hospital beds and we need more care in the community and we need more awareness and we need more that. And I had this sort of vision that I was staring down on this vast hospital full of lemmings. And uh, out of the sky were falling more and more lemmings. There was this massive, I think I was in Lemmington Spa, actually, and um, I was calling it the Lemdemic. There are all these lemmings falling out of the sky, and everyone's trying to make the life of lemmings a little bit better, you know, in the care home, which is, you know, fair enough, so to speak. The scare um, homes. But the, the <laughs> caption is, it's a waiting for a cure. And um, in this vision, I scroll up the cliff, and up the top of the cliff, a couple of radical lemmings have just put up a sign that all the others are staring at in bewilderment. It says, don't jump. <laughs> so I then I then went and I checked out all the charities in this field that I could find, the biggest ones. And none of them, with the exception of one, spent anything on prevention. One claimed to spend 5% on prevention. Now, we have every three seconds someone is diagnosed with this disease. In the UK, it's nine de double-decker buses worth every single day. And the evidence is that we can cut that by at least um, 80%. So why, you know, try and spend all the money on care? It's a bit like when, when our pres uh, Prime Minister, David Cameron, said, let's make Britain dementia friendly. I want to make Britain dementia unfriendly. And uh, that goes right back. So I remember when we had strikes, we got strikes all the time. I, I wrote into a paper and said, it's not more doctors, not more nurses, not more ambulance drivers, not more money that's going to save the NHS. It's less patience and less patience will never happen until you put prevention at the very very top but don't, don't be want waiting. to makes money absolutely so don't be waiting for that to happen uh, do it yourself so what we're doing at foodforthebrain.org is a help yourself to better health for your brain campaign and it's working uh, so this is brilliant because uh, next now we're building uh, something called cognition for smart kids uh, we've now got one oh, in six. Shut! Oh my gosh! Yeah. Honestly, yeah. we could be we could be brother and sister from a different mother. I was just thinking the kids because I see them at the bus stops. You go to the cinema yeah. and and they they have to go to the cinema and they have to buy a bucket that they could literally wear as a hat, full of popcorn yeah. and a Pepsi Max or a Pepsi yeah. Zero, and and they target everything at the young. I see them at the bus shelters with these crisps that are full of MSG. And I yeah. and then I see I see what actually my favorite my favorite is hospital food. I wouldn't I wouldn't feed it to the I trained when the farmers used to come to the hospitals 
to collect the bucket of swill because all the food was cooked in the hospital. It was delicious, absolutely delicious food. And the farmers would come and get the food that was left over. What I actually see in the National Homicide Service, I do have Bupa, it's my one luxury, but what I actually see, what they're feeding the patients, they have not a Scooby-Doo about how much even protein, be it plant or animal, that you need for even tissue viability. They don't know anything. It's disgusting. No, I mean, anyway, it's Patrick, right. hold that there because we don't want to miss a word you're saying. Um, we're just going to have a little note from our sponsors. So drop your croissant, throw the Weetabix in the bin. It's garbage. I don't even know why you're even down that aisle in the supermarket. There's nothing there to eat at all. Get in the first two aisles, fruit and vegetables, organic, or you're not listening to the right place and I'm going to slap you into next week when I see you. Join us in two ticks. I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14 and I watched her struggle, but MDA helped her get the best treatments and care. And they also help kids like my buddy, Ethan. My name is Ethan and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the U.S. to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at MDA.org today. Anticipate potential delays for the morning commute. In other news, a recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate mouth. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. What are you talking about, man? Look at this stuff. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. residential areas by... And your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you. Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question. We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand the threats. ProtectPressFreedom.org. Telling it as it is. Kate Shimarani on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I'm back from outer space. You just walked in to find my fabulous young looking face. Listen, folks, the first thing you need to do to get yourself healthy is throw that Idiot's Lantern TV so far out the window. Hopefully somebody will be coming knocking at your door doing a census at the same time, all the TV licensing people. It might just land on their feet. I'm joking, of course. That's the first thing you need to do. Now, during the break, um, because I'm in a privileged position here working at TNT, uh, I get to chat to our guests. So I get to hear inside info. But I'm going to tell you about it because uh, Patrick's just said that I can go and live with him on his land uh, in a caravan. He did. He said it. Um, but anyway, he's got he's growing all his own food. They've got otters. They've got owls. They've got everything. And OK, you might not be able to do that in East Croydon on your council estate, but you might have a little garden. 
make your garden serve you. Uh, don't just have plant pots, a football net, and be putting your Roundup Ready on it for your barbecues where you eat more acrylamide covered vegetables, carcinogenic. When you, I mean, why cook it outside when you can cook it inside slowly? Why put it out there and ruin it? But get your garden to serve you. Just be a have a go gardener. That's what I've started as. I've got celery. I chop the bottom off the celery because we have a bunch every morning juice. And now I'm growing it. Now it's growing everywhere. So I've got to now transfer it. And I've got a greenhouse. And I'm starting actually two panels. I've got to go back in. But you know what? Start growing it. I've got all the pallets from my local builders merchant ready to go on my lawn. Just have a go. That's what I'm doing. And learn as you go along. Let your garden serve you. So don't be thinking, I can't do any of that. I'm not a posh bugger like him and I'm not smart like him. He's written all these books. It doesn't matter. You can go to bed at 10 a.m., 10 p.m. every night, can't you? You can get all those plugins out your house and turn your Wi-Fi off. You can throw out all those toxic candles and all that toxic uh, aftershave that your fella's wearing. Get it all washed off. Have a good evening. Make some love. Go to sleep and wake up ready for the day, refreshed. Anyway, back to our guest. Patrick, thank you for inviting me to live with you. I've graciously accepted. <laughs> yeah, we, we were talking about kids. I want to tell you two things about kids and then tell you the story of my grandson. So the first thing, uh, just, I mean, we've, we're in a situation now where the official figure, I think it's actually worse, is that one in six children uh, need special education. And uh, wow. one in six are what they call neurodivergent, which is where you can throw any autism, ADHD, et cetera, in. That, that's an extraordinary statistic. Suicide rate is going up a lot in teenagers. Now, at the Institute of Brain Chemistry, part of the Chelsea and Westminster Hospital campus in London, um, they know that if you, if a woman, a pregnant woman, doesn't have enough omega-3, because you literally build your brain with omega-3, then their body will produce a surrogate fat, a type of oleic acid, it's a bit like olive oil is oleic acid. And if they measure this high oleic acid in the blood, they know that this is a baby that is going to have brain development problems. It's literally like that. So a lot of this is starting in pregnancy. That was story number one. Story number two, I can sort of tell with my grandson, a lovely little fella, complete sugar addict, age five. It's very hard when you're a grandparent, you know, you, you don't have that influence. And anyway, I'm in charge of him at this particular day. And he says, I want more sugar. And I said, well, you can't have any more sugar. And he said, why not? I like it. I said, well, that's a fair enough response. I get it. Uh, I said, the reason is that if you have a lot of sugar, you, you ultimately, not now, but later, will develop a disease called diabetes. And he said, well, what's diabetes? And I said, well, let's Google it. So we Googled it. And um, it came up with about 250,000 amputations. So I said, when you get diabetes badly, what happens is they you know they chop a leg off and he said really and they said how do they do it and i said well they do it with a saw and, and he said does it grow back i said no it doesn't grow back you know and, and this is i care about you and this is why i want you to not have loads of sugar and he said well my dad he lives on you know on coke and haribus you know is he going to get diabetes I said well you know it's entirely possible so ramon you know what you put into your mouth is going to affect you and so listen to your grandpa, <laughs> I'll probably get arrested. But you know, that's what's happening, like you say. So the combination of sugar, lack of omegas, uh, lack of B vitamins completely messes up the mind. 
at the moment in the UK, uh, we have up to 50% of women in poor areas are prescribed antidepressants. And in a population of some 60 million, we've probably got about 3 million addicts. So uh, that book you showed at the beginning, How to Quit Without Feeling Shit. And funny enough, when I when that book came out in Ireland, you can say the shit word. Uh, the BBC do you not You can say allow... it here. You've earned it. You can say I'm it. I'm sure. The BBC, you can say crap, but not shit. <clears throat> it's a funny thing. But the point is, um, ultimately, I've thought about this long and hard and deep. There's only two causes of disease. One is ignorance. You don't know. And the other is addiction. And the issue with addiction is not so much getting off the thing. Of course, that's hard, but most people can do it with willpower, whatever it is, cigarettes, coffee, sugar, heroin, you know, whatever. Um, the hardest thing is staying off it. And Absolutely. the reason why it's hard to stay off it is because you get what we call abstinence symptoms. So if you like withdrawal symptoms and um, you've got to sort out the brain. So, for example, with alcohol, we say, you know, sitting around in a group and talking about it won't unscramble your brain. If you've scrambled your brain, you have to unscramble your brain. That's not to say that AA or any other uh, approaches wouldn't help. But if you've scrambled your brain with drugs, sugar, crap food, etc., you have to rebuild your brain. And sometimes that takes not just a really, really good diet and organic if possible, but sometimes you actually need supplements. Like with the antidepressants, there's something called 5-HTP, uh, tryptophan. It's the precursor for serotonin. If you've been on antidepressants for a year, you've got depleted serotonin. If you come off them, you'll feel suicidal. And of course, the irony, uh, it's not an irony, it's a tragedy, is that uh, what's one of the side effects of antidepressants in the clinical trials, and that's more risk of suicide. So, so it's got a, every drug has got a black box yeah. warning on it. Now, so we're not telling you people not to group. take them. Less, yeah. yeah, yeah, those in the um, placebo group, less suicide than those in the drug group. Absolutely. I, I, I just want to say, yeah. don't stop taking your drugs. Um, Always discuss it with your indoctrinated doctor, your Rockefeller system trained doctor. But um, uh, Patrick is absolutely correct. 5-HTP um, and also sugar also drives tryptophan. It's very addictive. But you need to, to ease off these. You can't just stop. So it's important you discuss it with your doctor. But, you know, once you start changing your diet and including what, what Patrick's talking about in your diet, you will start to feel better and nothing tastes as good as good health feels. I can absolutely assure you. And I've said many, many times, one of the reasons why children become bedwetters and elderly as well, and women can't hold their urine, they think it's because they've had babies, it's sugar. It's sugar because it also frazzles the nerve endings in your bladder and that can recover. So, um, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible drug. They know it is. They put it in everything because they want us on this toxic sheet, as I say. But anyway, Patrick, this is amazing work you're doing. I mean, I, I definitely am going to come and get my head tested. <laughs> but people always say there's loads of frogs in, frogs in my head going around. Um, but anyway, there are. And, and also and just... Yeah. And if you are depressed or you've got a child with ADHD or get any mental health issue at all, you'll find lots and lots of really useful free information 
Um, you know, we are a charity. We are totally focused on prevention. We say it the way it is. We say we're not PC, but we are SC, scientifically correct. Uh, my wonderful team of genius scientists, they're, they're sort of like um, a group of Dr. Spocks. You can ask them a question on anything and they will just look at the science of it. And even though this is not part of that charity, when COVID struck, uh, we, we already knew that very high dose vitamin C is amazing for any virus at all. And um, uh, it's quite a lovely story, actually, because I wrote a research paper on it. I'm not generally writing research papers, and I sent it to the leading people I could find in the world. Some of them you'll know, Professor Paul Marek, he was one of the head ICU guys in the States, Professor David Smith at Oxford University, all sorts, uh, lovely Professor Nitra Carr in New Zealand. And um, they ripped it to pieces, improved it, made it better, turned it into this shiny diamond of a paper. And uh, I said, you guys are amazing. Would you like to be co-authors? And uh, they said, yes. And we published it. And it's the leading paper in the world uh, on vitamin C and COVID. And it made it very clear right at the start what could be done. And actually in China, and this, this is extraordinary. Uh, in China, it's standard medical policy for people with critical COVID to get intravenous vitamin C. You can Google it. And, and I, think, right. um, I think vitamin C, I think the standard dose is something ridiculous, like 65 milligrams. Your 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 dose oh. is what you're told to take. And we're seeing patients, patients in the hospitals yeah. with signs of scurvy again. Now, I know for cancer, high dose vitamin C inhibits pyrolonidase the enzyme that your cancer yeah. cells give off to to kind of yeah. break the cement in in between your cells and so yeah. certainly you can take it hourly the lipospheric well, if, you, I, if I think, you can't afford iv take it every well hour. There's, there's two things to understand and people don't really realize this every single animal in the world with very few exceptions including primates and the guinea pig which is why it's the experimental animal of choice makes vitamin c it's not really a vitamin, it's a hormone. It's stored in the mm -hmm. adrenal gland. And whenever stressed or exposed to virus, they will make more vitamin C. So um, um, if you get an infection, what I do is I take a gram an hour. And I had yeah, COVID twice, and it took me 18 hours to get over it. So now that gram an hour, gram is 22 oranges worth, by the way, sounds like a lot, but it's exactly what a goat, a sheep, a dog, a cat, or any you know any of those animals do so all i'm doing is i'm mimicking what every animal that makes vitamin c um, does and by the way if you ask well how did we lose it i think what happened was some monkey had a genetic mutation lost the ability to make vitamin c which is made from sugar glucose so consequently they have more glucose for energy and they become top shanga and before long um you know we are we come from there with our inability to make vitamin c so vitamin do, do you C. think do you think patrick Maybe we can't make vitamin C because of some corruption that's happened with our food no, I don't and think everything so. else. I think um, when you have a gene mutation, it usually knocks something out. And in this case, if a species was living in a tropical fruit ridge environment, in other words, could mm -hmm. eat it, they lost the ability to make it. It would have been an advantage in the short term because they got more energy. So what we find is all the animals ah, have lost the vitamin yeah. C were in the jungle. So uh, the point is that high dose vitamin C is incredible for viral diseases. But then what was discovered, and just to sort of touch on cancer, um, uh, that in very high doses intravenously, and you may not be able to achieve this orally, um, it actually stops being an antioxidant, but becomes a pro-oxidant in cancer cells. 
So yeah, I'm going inter- to be doing this on my daughter. I, yeah. I can do IVs. So so I interviewed this brilliant professor, Thomas Seafried, and to be clear, you know, professor of biology, 40 years experience, he's the guy who's keeping people with terminal cancers alive. He said there isn't a single cancer cell of any type anywhere that we've ever seen that doesn't feed on sugar. So whatever you do, vitamin C or mistletoe or this or that, whatever, nothing's going to work unless you starve the cancer cell of fuel. So if you're not cutting out sugar and ideally going almost ketogenic, um, your, your cancer cells are feeding. And whatever you do, they're going to keep feeding. So number one always is to starve the cancer cell. Now, when cancer cells are very weak, if you then whack in uh, for a few weeks some intravenous vitamin C, it's one of many therapies that can be really, really helpful. But vitamin C is absolute gold. Uh, Actually, I started a campaign with now 10,000 scientists and doctors around the world called vitamin C for COVID with a number four, vitamin C for COVID.com. It's all there once again. And here's something extraordinary, and it's a fact. February the 2nd, Chinese government, but they already knew about vitamin C from SARS, they buy um, 5 million, uh, 5 tons of vitamin C, ship it into Wuhan. Every major hospital is giving high dose vitamin C to their COVID patients. Uh, I, I know one of the professors who was running. Oh, they're, the giving first- them rem- they're giving them remdesivir here with a 54% mortality rate. Exactly. Much more costly, much less effective. They, they loaded Wuhan with oral vitamin C in every hospital, as far as I know. And uh, my friend who was running the randomized control trial that proved 70% less mortality with the intravenous vitamin C ran out of critical patients by the middle of April. So, you know, we saw it in the news, all these people are dying in Wuhan, and then suddenly it's all over. How did that happen? They actually shipped in vitamin C. And if you Google Chinese policy, vitamin C, and it never hit any of the main news. Well, folks, on TNT, we have the best guests. I think you will all agree that we, we, Patrick, please, would you come on again and give up one of your Saturday mornings again, because you have so much information on so many topics. And we know that the new guideline 29.5, there is no vitamin C on it, folks. It's got remdesivir, it's got metazolam, it's got morphine, it's got a drug to dry up the secretions in the back of your throat so no one hears you gurgle your last. And I'm not joking, I've read the papers. So this is life-saving information. This is going to keep you out of the hospitals. This is how we defeat the enemy totally. No more vaccines, clean water, nutrient-dense food, and optimum nutrition for the mind. Get on there, test your brain. Remember, your brain is literally driving the ship. Patrick Holford, what an amazing guest you truly are. And uh, I was very blessed the day I met you in in London. And uh, I'm so glad we tracked you down. And I do hope that you will come on because this is, I mean, you're sort of in the middle. You're not just Mm. on, on the light. You're actually, you've got one toe in the dark's garden saying to everybody else, come on, folks, this way, this way. It's like that big ship and we're all in little boats in the ocean and you're actually in the little dinghy shouting, come on, just jump overboard. You'll be fine. You won't drown. Get in with us. And that's what I love. I, I, I loved your books years ago and I'm loving what you're telling us now, folks. Do join us next week. Please get on the website, buy yourself a popper jacket, slippers, whatever they've got. Uh, a girl's got to eat. And um, 
Join us next week where we have more guests. I will get Patrick on again because I know you're going to say he's my favourite. He's my favourite as well. Uh, everybody's my favourite, but I, I found him first, so I'm owning it. You've been listening to me, Kate Shamarani, natural nurse in a toxic world for TNT Live. And let's bring in a whole new world. Thank you so much. And I'll see you all next week, campus. You're in the natural nurse army.